This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening, whatever's on your garden mind, and uh, or related to gardening, you know, bugs and stuff like that. It, it still counts. I'm getting a lot, of, a lot of emails these days about people who are, their garden is starting to wind down. They say, should I bring this plant in? What should I do? I got spots on my plants. They're not looking so good. I'm thinking, just relax, folks. We have all year to get it done. And, um, it's time to plant some stuff. You know, you could have planted. I planted garlic finally. I got around to planting it. And within uh, seven or eight days, it was up. And this past week, I cleaned off my little raised bed garden. It's only, it's 100 square feet. It's about four feet wide, three to four feet wide, because it varies by about 30 or so feet long. And I cleared a lot of it off, turned on, turned the mulch under, got it ready for winter, planted some lettuces, planted some violas and some pansies and, you know, a few flowers and stuff. But there's a big part that's not planted. I'm not going to, don't want to, tired of gardening. Uh, next year, maybe. But what I did was I, I got some crimson clover seed, you know, this, uh, uh, and, you know, I, I, I got it at the local co-op. And a little bag of crimson clover seed, and I just threw it real light over the bare area, and within four days, it's covered with little green stuff. And this stuff, uh, Java crimson clover stuff, you see a lot on the interstate in the springtime to get red flowers. Yeah, it's about knee high, and it grows all winter. Cold weather doesn't hurt it at all, and the roots grow down deep, and they absorb nutrients from the soil. They also uh, make nitrogen from the air. They actually create fertilizer. And then tops get real nice and tall and lush. And what you do in the springtime is you just cut the stuff down, you know, chop the, the top stuff down, let it dry a few days, and then dig it under. And you're adding all that organic matter that you grew, a lot of it. And the roots that were down deep have absorbed all this fertilizer and nutrients and stuff. And when you work it all together, that stuff decomposes and fertilizes your garden. And I think, and from what you said, it looks pretty during the winter, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. You know, you, you know I put some flamingos out there with it. <laughs> but no, that, that's like perfect because a lot of people, are, like you said, are trying to figure out what to do with their gardens now and in preparation for next year. Yeah. But that's that. That is that sounds like a, yeah. a super instead a super plant. Of, instead of having instead of having dirt out there, grow something that's going to protect the dirt and improve the soil. And it's like growing. It's called green manure. You're green and stuff, growing stuff, and you turn it under. Yeah. And uh, a little cover crop. Anyway, it's going to be pretty, and I was just surprised how quick it came up. And we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff today, but if folks, if you want to give us a call, it's a live program. Toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring Got the lines wide open right now. Kevin's over there looking up words for one of his programs or something. <laughs> I forget. We were talking about some odds and ends. Uh, here's, here's something I thought uh, kind of interesting, and it's really bizarre. you got to think about this one. Uh, here it is. Saw some dude tweet, you don't really wash your hands. They actually watch each other while you just stand there and watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just standing here watching my hands wash each other. They don't need me. That's a good one. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. Hey, I got a really weird tune to, for today. This is Halloween weekend coming up. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very timely. Very timely. Are your kids, do y'all do the trick-or-treating thing? Yeah, we try to find an event, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, church-related or um, some kind of at a, at a city park. Mm-hmm. You know something we don't do the house to house yeah. as much. Well, you know, there's a there's always been debate about Halloween. A lot of people don't don't celebrate Christmas because you know it's really the winter solstice and you know all that kind of stuff. Halloween, I guess, is named from all Hall all hallowed evening, mm-hmm. holy evening, because they they have celebrations. Uh, Hispanic community, the Latino community, have this thing called Day of the Dead. Yeah. November the 1st. Mm-hmm. And it is awesome. Uh, yeah, it is really with all of the um, skeletons yeah. uh, kind of decorated yeah, and things. And, and they have family reunions in cemeteries. They clean it up. They bring food. They have music. It's a way to, you know, the idea is uh, it's the day when, when uh, departed people can come back and visit with, you know, I, I don't know all the details, but it's a family historic heritage type event, a uh, big get together and a lot of colorful stuff. One of the flowers that that you frequently see in Latino cemeteries uh, is called Mexican mint marigold. It's a perennial. It's it, you know, and uh, it's from, from from Central America. It's a perennial marigold. Doesn't look like a marigold, but uh, it has lots of stems. Gets up about oh knee high, a little bit taller, and the leaves smell like licorice. It's used as a as a uh, tarragon substitute. It's called okay. Mexican tarragon, Ooh. but it gets completely covered. The tips of, of all the branches get completely covered with these beautiful little yellow flowers, and they represent the sun or something like that. Anyway, they grow on graves. That's how tough the plant is. Dead people can grow this plant. <laughs> and uh, mine's starting to bloom right now, so it's just, just on time. But I love plants that are so easy to grow that you see them growing in cemeteries. Yeah. And that means it'll grow in my yard if I just relax and try not to do too much. There you go. And speaking of the Day of the Dead, I know we have some callers on the line, but uh, Disney put out a great film a couple of years ago, Coco. It's real colorful. Uh, be great for kids to watch even on this uh, Halloween weekend. So, Coco. Not not familiar with it. Well, you don't have little ones, so. No. Well, but, you know, I have a childlike attitude. If you see my garden, you know, <laughs> you know kid, kids don't know yet you can't do that. And they love colors and textures and recycle stuff. And they, you know, they mix and match stuff. They have an exuberance about them. And somewhere along the lines, we are told to settle down, settle down. You can't do that. Well, I still do. Yeah. So. Every As they say, every kid's an artist until... They grow up. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they get, they get anyway. We're going to have fun. And uh, by the way, we've got a real big event coming up Saturday, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But meanwhile, let's go up to West Tennessee and talk to Brennan. Yes, sir. Hey, where are you, man? I was in Memphis last night. That's West Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm about two hours from Memphis, and I'm right where Tennessee, Mississippi, and Alabama meet. Uh, okay. My, my wife and I just bought a little place on the Tennessee River. You had, you had mentioned that crimson clover seed uh, being a pretty winter uh, producer, and I didn't know if you had any other uh, seeds like that that would taste kind of well where I've got a few little tiny bare spots. I just kind of would like something other than just rock grass. Well, you know, ryegrass is a, is, is a good one. The problem with a lot of these kind of things, you, I mean, you know, you could put out kale, you know, plain old kale seed, 
K-A-L-E. You could put out uh, turnips and mustard and stuff like that. But, you know, as far as something that's going to come up is very dependable, that's got good foliage that really, you know, slows the rain down. Because ryegrass, it'll do okay, but a heavy rain just goes right through it and washes dirt around it. But I like the crimson clover and the white clover because they're, they're good, dense plants. Uh, and they're they're real easy to manage. And come springtime, you just mow them down, give it a few days. Are you going to plant grass here later, next spring? Yeah, yeah, sir. Well, you know, either the ryegrass or the, the clover are good because just about the time when the clover starts to bloom is is uh, the soil is starting to warm up. You go out there and you just cut it down real close, let it dry a few days, you know, so that when you put your, your grass seed out there, it doesn't get caught in a bunch of dry clover. And as the grass seed sprouts, it will follow the root paths of the old clover and the ryegrass going on down in the dirt. So uh, anyway, I like crimson clover because it's dependable, as pretty, as easy. It comes up, you know, and, and uh, a lot of other plants are going to be kind of hit or miss, especially this time of year. It's getting late. So uh, anyway, uh, good luck on that. Uh, he's uh, – I'm – what did you say? You were in Memphis, what, last night? I was in Memphis. I gave a talk to the Mid-South Hosta Society. Okay. Yeah, it was a nice crowd, a lot, a lot of fun folks, and a b- bunch of folks listening to, to MPB. You know, Memphis sort of our northern range. But uh, anyway, it was a, it was, had a lot of fun. You know, it was a comfortable crowd, and we sort of whooped it up a little bit. Okay. Well, let's move away from, well, I guess kind of down the road a little bit, talk with Roscoe in Oxford. Okay, that's this part ways down. Hey, Roscoe, good morning. So far, so good. Not so bad. That's good. That's good. Listen, uh, my nephew last week sent me some large banana plants. And I'm afraid to put them in the ground right now. Mm-hmm. And what should I do if I want to save them? Can I put them in the ground now? Uh, what should I do? Well, Roscoe, they'll probably do better in the ground than in a pot. Because here's the deal. Um uh, banana plants grow year-round where, where where they grow best, all year long. Here, you know, they, they, they die down in the wintertime, but it's not because they, they go dormant. It's because the cold kills them to the ground, and they can come back from, from their roots in the spring. So the idea is if you put it in a pot, it's going to try to grow all year long. And, and You don't have room for that in your house. They need sunshine and a lot of water and stuff. So, you know, if you try to keep it in a pot, it's just going to be a real, it's going to be a booger bear to take care of. So what I would do is go ahead and work up a little dirt best you can, plant them in the ground, and cut them off to about, oh, a foot or so tall, and then pile a bunch of leaves. I'll just completely bury them in leaves. Uh, that'll protect uh, the lower trunk over the wintertime. And, uh, but, I mean, lots of, you know, cut it back to a foot or so tall because it's going to die out of the ground. It turns into just nasty, slimy mush when we get a frost. And um, anyway, so cut it back and just, I'm talking about a foot or two of leaves. Okay. And they'll do fine. They okay. should. Okay. All right, Roscoe, appreciate it. Thank you. By the way, before we go to the next call, uh, Saturday morning, starting at 10 o'clock, and if you listen to the broadcast, the rebroadcast, you missed it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, we're laughing with you, not at you. But uh, we're going to have a really big plant swap. They've been doing this for years. It's in Mobile. And I know a lot of our listeners in Tennessee and Arkansas and Louisiana and North Mississippi, but it is a one of the, the biggest plant swaps I've ever been to. I go to one called the Sheffield 
plant swap in England. It's the oldest one they got in England. And the little one, Flora Library is going to be in a couple of weeks. They decided to put it off November this okay. year. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the one that we have in, in – uh, Mobile is at the Central Presbyterian Church Community and this happens Garden. every year, right? Yeah, they every spring and every fall, and it's yeah. a big crowd, a lot of plants. Uh, one of the the most relaxing, informal, fun talks. Bunch of weird people bringing a bunch <laughs> of weird plants, and uh, there's folks out there to to talk about them, and and uh, it's just a real good plant. It's free. And uh, and they've asked me to bring my truck down this year and bring some of my books. Now, so, I know uh, last week uh, we had a caller from Mobile uh, was uh, talking about it, and she had a question as far as, like, what should she bring? So what what should you bring to the to the plant swap? Anything. Well, you know, the truth is there's a, there's way more than enough plants to swap. So if you don't have anything, just it's okay. don't, come on, come on. But, you know, because the idea is to mix plants and people up. And there's always lots and lots and lots left over. People end up taking a whole lot more than they brought. So uh, anyway, uh, Central Presbyterian Church got a little community garden, real easy parking, and it's at the corner of Dolphin and Ann Street. It's in the old part of town, real easy to get to. Dolphin and Ann, Central Pres Community Garden, and uh, starts at ten. It's free. Get there early, and we'll have a. It's just a real fun event, real informal, and we don't care what you look like. What you wear and who your mom and them are. We don't, the plants don't care. We don't care. But anyway, it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to take a real quick break, just a minute or so. I've got a couple of callers, one from Summit and one from uh, Fayette. So we're going to go south and south central uh, Mississippi. Uh, anyway, if you want to give us a call, Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, toll free 1 877 MPB ring. And when we get back, we're going to talk with you about what's going on in your garden or what you want to do or what you're trying to get out of doing. Doesn't really matter to me one way or the other. It's just gardening, folks. If you can't have fun in your own garden, where can you? So we're going to take a real quick break, come right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. You know, Java, you, you said something about the about amp. The, the, on the Adams family, the thing called the hand. Yeah, the hand was called thing. The thing, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Um, uh, how did who clips the fingernails on that? The, the thing <laughs> thing had a, 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 a very efficient ways of doing various number of things. So it, it would I would I would say it was thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope folks have a, a a safe holiday this week. It's not really a holiday; it's a celebration. Is what it is. Hey, let's go over down to Summit and talk with Shelley. Good morning, Shelley. How are you? Hey, Felder. What's up? I'm calling because last weekend. I went to the Washington Parish Fair down in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and I went into the agriculture building, and one of the displays had two lemons that they were calling native lemons. Now, those lemons looked like the lemons on two trees that I have in my yard uh, 
that I call wild lemon. Yep. Because they no longer taste right, um, but it makes a lot of lemon. Yeah. So what yeah. what is a native lemon? Well, it's not native, uh, and and by the way, it goes by a lot of different folk names. I don't, you know, I stopped using the word common name because they're not common. They're folk names: wild lemon, hardy lemon, hardy orange. Uh, it's also called trifoliate orange because if you notice, instead of just a simple leaf that most citrus have, these the, the each leaf has three leaflets. It's called Ponsiris trifoliata. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for years. Ponsiris trifoliata. Anyway, here's the deal. It's used as a rootstock for grapefruits and Meyer lemons and you know limes and all that stuff because they don't grow on their own roots. So they graft all these these uh these desirable citrus fruits on the roots of this plant called trifoliate orange. And when people plant it, if we get a hard freeze or something, for whatever reason the grafted part dies, the rootstock the trifoliate orange sprouts out, a lot of thorns, and the, uh, the 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 fruits are they're bigger than a golf ball, but not much, and they're kind of a slightly furry feel, lots of seeds, real bitter, not bitter, sour, really really citrus, a lot of seed, not good for much. So you can make marmalade and stuff with it, but it's mostly, uh, and they spread from seeds, so they naturalize throughout the woods. A lot of people have trouble with them. Uh, because they tend to be a little invasive, but that's why they call it the wild thing, because it spreads. Thank you, Felder. That's a great answer, and I appreciate it. Oh, I'm going to take it a step further, because that's what I do. There's a special one it's called trifoliate orange. There's a special one that is that they use for for dwarfing to, to to make citrus plants grow dwarf. It grows shorter, sturdier, and the leaves. I mean the 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 stems and the thorns and everything are deeply twisted, really really thorny, deeply contorted, all tortuous looking, twisty looking thing. And it's called flying dragon. And that's one I've got in my yard. Beautiful white flowers in the spring. Really, really interesting uh, curvy uh, stems and, and thorns. Um, and then what I do is I cut a piece of it off in the wintertime, spray paint it white, stand it up. I stick gumdrops on it. <laughs> just saying. You know, that's well, that, that childlike delight in just keeping it, keeping it simple. Well, Felder, can I ask a, a follow-up question? Sure. So the two wild lemons that I have in my yard that I inherited when we bought this. They got big thorns. Yes, and probably 15, 20 feet tall. Yeah. And make lots of lemons, but they just are so astringent and horrible. And a lot of seeds. Yes. Should I just cut those down? Well, is it pretty? It blooms nice in the spring. It looks pretty right now. Why would you want to cut it? Uh, Well... The fruit is really big, and and all it does is create for us a job when we have to pick it all up in the in, in the winter. Yeah, but you know, it's like we we pluck eyebrows and we do all sorts of stuff. You know, once a year, <laughs> it's a pretty plant though. And it's interesting. So I would you know cut it down if it just bothers you or it's in the way or something like that. Otherwise, it's just an interesting plant. You know, there's a lot of lot of trees that drop fruit on the ground, like magnolia drop leaves on the ground, but we still plant magnolias. See, so in other words, if it's bothering you, here, here's my definition of a weed. A weed is any plant having to deal with an unhappy human. And if you're unhappy with it, cut it down. Otherwise, it's pretty. 
and uh, and cut some of the branches off, stick gumdrops on them. Thank you, Felder. I appreciate it. Okay, appreciate your call. <sighs> what a weird life I've got, man. And I've got the flying dragon trifoliate orange in my garden. It's a, one of my favorite plants. Anyway, let's go uh, over to Fayette, along on the the western edge of Mississippi. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. How are uh, you? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? A little chilly, but but <laughs> but but, 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 but that reminds me, I need to cook some chili this weekend. <laughs> I had some last weekend. <laughs> well, what what can I help you with? Well, I was listening at the broadcast this morning. I was kind of taking my aunt uh, to her doctor's appointment. I kind of missed the first part of what she was saying. about It was a particular plant she was saying that you can plant in your uh, garden that has green tops and astringent roots that actually help put, that are like a fertilizer for the soil. But I don't know what type of plant. Yeah, it's called crimson clover. And, uh, and it's a big, it's not like that white clover grows in your yard. It's what you see along the roadside in the springtime. It's got real deep, dark red, crimson looking flowers along the roadside. It reseeds itself, but uh, a farm co op will probably have some. I got mine at a place in Jackson, but crimson clover or any kind of clover is going to be a really good cover crop. And there's some other plants you could put out that grow over the wintertime, and you cut them down and turn them under in the spring, and they, they, you know, it's like, you know, the stuff you would buy except it's free. But crimson clover is what I use. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. How's Auntie doing? You took her to her appointment. She do okay? She's doing fine. She's actually at her appointment now. So I was okay. Just, I, <laughs> so you're out in the parking lot, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell her we said hey. Will. Thanks, but Claire. Before you go, I do have oh. one more. Oh, sure. Yes. Listening at the lady before, and I don't know if this will work with all plants, but I know, like, my mom, she got a pretty good green thumb, and we had this tree. It was a pear tree. And now the fruit on it was, like, extremely bitter. And what my mom is, like, she's the type of person that does the old school throwing herself back into the world. Right. Whatever. Fish bones, eggshells, all of that. And we did that for two years. The following year, the plant they started getting a brighter, prettier green. And then the following year after that, when we took the pears off, because we let the, the second the second year we let them fall back into the ground like fertilizer. Right. Pick it up under. But that third year, when we took them off of there, they weren't super sweet, but they were much sweeter than they were before. So I don't mm. know if that would work or not for her, but. I know it did for the uh, that it works for me. I don't, th- you know, my neighbor puts stuff in bags on the on the the street to be hauled off. I get in my truck and I go around to people's yards and I bring stuff to my yard to to, to, to recycle it. I mean, I mulch my garden and my flowers with bags of tree leaves from other people after their 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 lawn company mows them up, chops them up real nice. I go out and snag them from my yard. Yeah. Well, I'm just putting it out there just in case because it sounded like she had a big, beautiful tree, you know, and I'm, I'm off to keep it a tree. <laughs> yeah. Well, all righty. We appreciate your call. Y'all stay warm because it's chilly out there. Thank you, and thank you for taking my call. You bet. Heck yeah. And by the way, uh, Job, I got a and I don't have the envelope. I've had it in my wallet for a couple of weeks to remember to talk about it. And I was somebody, wondering what that paper was. Yeah, somebody sent it, and I forgot who it was. I apologize, but somebody mailed in a... a uh, an article that somebody had trouble with army worms. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of shows. Yeah. Back. Well, these people 
uh, put they turn their their chickens and their turkeys loose out in the yard. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> they eat the worms and they fertilize the grass at the same time. The cycle of life. Yeah, but I'm thinking then you can you can eat the chickens later. So that means in a sort of roundabout way you're eating army worms. <laughs> no, okay, don't we? Don't we don't. You, we often play the song I, I eat worms. <laughs> yeah, let's go to to Mobile and talk with Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Good morning. Mikey. Okay, let's go to Sarah in Oxford. Hey, Sarah, good morning. Hello, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. What's going on up up your neck of the woods? So I got a question if uh, you have any magic formula for getting rid of uh, poison ivy. Well, um, We have poison ivy around our you know, the perimeter of our property, and I've, I've tried everything from cutting it down to pouring stuff on it to... And it's killed everything around it, but the poison ivy keeps coming back. Well, I, I do have a, uh, a sort of a magical thing, and this absolutely works. Keep in mind that I am so allergic to poison ivy that I can just walk by and break out. I have to take steroids. I'm highly allergic to poison ivy. But there's one thing that works. It works well, and it only kills what you put it on. It's not going to kill tree roots, not going to hurt your dirt or anything like that. It's called Roundup. A lot of people don't like me to say that because they say it's going to cause cancer. Roundup is on the same cancer list as red meat. So if you eat red meat or have a beer, it's not going to hurt to put a little Roundup out, out there. Here's the deal, though. It only works on plants when you put it on the actively growing green leaves. So what I would do over this winter time. Cut the stuff down. Just cut it close to the ground. Next spring, let it sprout back out. And when it gets two or three feet long, when it's big enough where it's got lots of leaves and ascending stuff from the leaves back down the roots, go out and just spray the foliage of the poison ivy. It goes in. It kills it. Roots and all. It does not hurt your trees. does not hurt your soil. It works. It kills it. Roots and all. And that, and that works. Cut it okay. down and then spray the new growth after it comes out, sort of catches its second wind in the springtime. Okay, I, I'll definitely try that. Um, well, yeah, you, that's, you, uh, you don't even have to try it. Don't, don't try it. Just do it because we know it works. Do it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, and, Thank and, you very and, much. One, one other thing. Since you're not going to cut it down to, to wintertime, at least enjoy the fall colors. It's one of the prettiest fall color plants we got out there. So at least in, give it one more chance to be happy, and then let's take it out. <laughs> okay. Appreciate it. Now, um got a creepy song I want to play, but I'm having a good time. Let's go to Kosciuszko. Hey, TJ, good morning. Hey, this is TJ from Kosciuszko. Morning, yeah. Felder. Good morning. What's up? I got a plant question, but first I would like to say that my wife and I lived in Mexico City for a couple of years, and the Day of the Dead mm-hmm. is a life experience. It's, a, it's wild. It's wild. You know, it's, it's exuberant. Yeah, it goes on for a week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to have a holiday, go to Mexico because every holiday lasts for a week. <laughs> you know, it's just like you know. I tell my friends from up north. You know, I got I visited a friend of mine in in New Hampshire a few weeks ago, and they don't understand. You know why? Why do we drag stuff out? Why do we talk so long in the south? I said, look, in yeah. up, up north, you got to get ready for winter. You got to prepare. You got to work together. You got to cooperate. Are you going to die down here? We got all year long. And if you do stuff too quick, you're going to run out of stuff to do. You're going to get hot and make the people around you mad. 
So that's a fact. <laughs> anyway, so what 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 can we help you I, with? I got a plant question because you're an old Delta boy, and so am I. What is wild cotton? Um. Well, cotton is a mallow. Now I don't know what wild cotton is, but cotton will reseed itself. Uh, down in the ditches, I was just up in Greenville giving a talk to to the uh, to to the to, uh, the culture uh, group and the garden club ladies. And all in the ditch banks is this mallow look. It looks like a hibiscus growing down the ditches, and the leaves yep. look just like cotton. And the flowers they're just bigger than cotton. But uh, cotton being a mallow, we have lots of different marshmallows, uh, ditch bank mallows, all different kinds of plants that have flowers like that. Yeah, so, sort of like I mean, okra. Okra's got a flower just like cotton. I thought it was probably a hibiscus, but when I was a kid growing up in the large metropolis of Winterville, Mississippi, right there by the Indian Mounds, we would have to go out in the field, cotton fields and pull it up. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what species it is, but we have a lot, of, a lot of close relatives like that. Yeah, I figured it was a hibiscus because it had a big white flower on it. We yep. pull it up, put it in a tow sack, and take it to the end of the row and burn it. Yeah, well, and and that one, it, that that's one I'm seeing blooming right now. It is a mallow. It's got, and I forget. There's a whole bunch of different names. There's halberd leaf mallows, and you know all different kinds. But that's that's what it is. Thank you, Peller. All righty, man. Stay stay warm. Yeah, I'm in the barn. I'm good. All righty, man. We got I know some. we got the cheesy tune. Well, let's go ahead and slide Mary in here real quick. Okay, Mary's been holding on for a long time from Oxford. Hey, Mary, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Uh, I have a question. Uh, I was gifted with the moonflower seed. Mm -hmm. I understand they're kind of invasive, but I have a place that needs to be invaded. And I was wondering how you plant them, what kind of soil, etc. Now, this is the vine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Play uh, pods on. Yeah. It's 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 too late this year. It comes up in the spring, grows over the summertime, and a frost is going to kill it. And then it comes back from seeds the next year. The seeds are going to be kind of they're going to be kind of white colored, like a little small pea, and they're really really hard. And so what I would do is I would save them over the winter, put them in an envelope, write the name of it on there, and sit out where you won't forget it. And then as soon as the soil warms up, when the dirt gets warm in April, uh, you could plant it then and it'll sprout. It helps to either soak it for a little bit to soften that seed coat, but some people take a toenail clipper and just clip a little chip off the outer seed coat, sort of like they're taking the candy coating uh, uh, off of an M&M, you know, just nick it a little bit. No, it's it's really not. It's really not because this helps them sprout real real quick. But and the seeds are pretty big, so just get your toenail clipper and just cut a, a little nick on the side of it or soak them, and they'll come up better. I'll soften them. Okay. With <laughs> soaking, yeah. So, what kind of soil do they need? Just dirt. Just plain old dirt. Dirt. Yeah, it's a it's it's like a morning glory. It grows in you know not doesn't have to have great great soil, but just uh, and it needs something to climb on. I've got a spot that'll be perfect for it then. It, it does uh, climb. It needs something to, you know, if you don't have something to climb on, find you some bamboo stakes and stick them in the ground, something to give it to climb on, because it's, it's, a, it's a climbing vine. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks. Okay, Mary. Appreciate it. 
Okay, I'll be rocking and rolling here. I'm going to be in Mobile, 10 o'clock at Central Presbyterian Church Community Garden, corner of Dolphin and Ann Street in Mobile. Going to have my truck with the, with the stuff growing in the back, and uh, we're going to swap some plants. It's really, really easy, very informal. If you're not sure about it, you will be more than relaxed when you get there. You'll see it's just, just folks milling around, talking about plants and looking at them and picking and choosing and hauling stuff home. Uh, that's what we do. We get weird people, we get weird plants, we put them together, we call it gardening. And it creates a community of people and plants. So anyway, I'm a horticulturist, fell to rushing. Uh, me and Java and Kevin and all the other folks at MPB, going to take a real quick uh, uh, a minute to play a short tune that comes from the 1920s. A tune from the 1920s about Halloween. Okie folks, welcome back. Watch out for the boogeyman. The boogeyman. He'll catch you if you can. Uh, we were talking with, with Kevin Farrell a little while ago about the origins of that. Apparently, they've got the boogeyman in every culture. And it was, you know, something to, to use to keep children in line. Don't go out in the woods because the, the wicked, the the. The week of, you what, know, what did you say earlier? You said the rye, the rye witch? The rye, rye, rye hag, R-I-E. It's sort of like a 
ryegrass, uh-huh. you know, so grain. The and uh, if kids go out in there, you know, they get lost. You know, you can get lost in a cornfield because you can't see anything. And so they say, don't go out in the fields. The rye hag will get you. Don't go in the woods. The uh, the uh, uh, just no, uh, who's a Red Riding Hood. Oh, you know, the big bad wolf. The, yeah, big bad wolf will get you. Don't go, you know. And the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Yeah, you know. And Are you that, a scary movie guy, Felder? Yeah, I am. Okay, okay, that's <laughs> you know, cool. But uh, the problem is, oh, I get scary, and I have dreams. I, you know, <laughs> you know. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you. You're right in the middle of a really good dream, and you get really honked off because you want to go back and finish that storyline. Yeah. Well, sometimes I wake up, and I'm, you know, because it's just, uh, you know, just the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, folks, if you want to give us a call, we've got some lines wide open right now. It's toll-free one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, The things I brought in to talk about today, I brought some of my uh, my violas. Violas are a, are an old original species of pansies. Pansies are great big hybridized violas, basically. But uh, the one I call Johnny Jump Ups, small flowers, bigger than my big toenail, and they've got two big royal purple petals and three yellow petals with purple streaks on them. But little Johnny Jump Ups, little violas, they'll take 10 below zero. They're really easy to grow over the wintertime. So don't, don't, don't stick with just the pansies. The smaller violas, they're not as showy, but they have a lot more flowers over a lot more time. So those pansies, you can, you can put in the pansies, right? Yeah. You can put those in the ground now? Yeah, I just planted a whole bunch of them. You know, matter of fact, they die when it gets hot. And you uh, brought your mug back in today. I, br- I, br- <laughs> I, 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 brought, the, uh, I brought the dirty mug out. And uh, the stain mug, but it can't hold coffee because I got a chip on the side. But uh, I also brought some hot peppers. You know, I like to bring things uh, that are that are heirloom plants. I got an old fancy chrysanthemum called Clara Curtis, Country Girls, um, and then I also brought some peppers because I'm thinking about chili. I got two different kinds of peppers I grew. One's long, skinny. I'm gonna say those are probably what four inches long, maybe. And a little skinny, smaller than a pencil. These are fiery hot. Yeah, I can tell by that red color. You chop them up and... It's Tabasco peppers. Yes, sir. And uh, anyway, they're, uh, all it takes is one. But I have another pepper, uh, Java, that I've been growing for a long time. These things are tiny. They're, they're, they're bigger than a BB. I don't know how big they are. But they're called bird's eye peppers. Okay, and uh, they're tiny little chili pekin, uh, and they're 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 kind of round, little oval round, really pretty, tiny little flowers, lots and lots of like many many dozens of these small red peppers. Each one of those will light you up. Oh, those so on the on the what's it the Scoville? Yeah, it's, uh, those are kind of high. <laughs> they're they're hot. They're they're used as is is the digestives, you know. And in hot climates, if you eat a hot pepper, it gets your digestive system working better. It makes you sweat, which cools you off. You know, it's hot for about ten minutes, but the you know the heat goes away. But it gives you that little endorphin, nice little buzz feeling. But it also gets your digestive system going. And so a lot of times in in uh, uh, Hispanic countries, they'll take these and pop one at the meal. Helps them digest. That's pretty cool. Very Birds. But get this. This little plant, it reseeds itself, but I've had one. It didn't make it over this past winter, but one came up from sea, but it'll actually make it through a mild winter. Hmm. So, anyway, hot peppers. 
good for you. Uh, I planted my garlic last week. It's up already. Planted my crimson clover. It's up already. Got some uh, flowers, winter flowers put out there. They'll do and fine. One real quick tip. If you've got a jack-o'-lantern, if you like to, to make the pumpkin thing, a week or two after Halloween, it's going to start getting nasty, horrible, stinky mess. Don't throw it away. Take it out to the yard. Dig a little hole. Put it in it, throw the dirt on top, and it will be completely full of earthworms before it's all over. You know, but go bury it out in the yard. I got Our, two pumpkins we're going to carve up tonight. So yeah. a, a week from now, yeah, dig a hole and put them in the ground. Here's something you can do with your kids. Uh, dig a, get them to dig a hole in the ground. Help them do it, okay? Set it in there, and on the inside, have them put stuff in it um, like, uh, you know, eggshell, a little army man, a comb, a pen, some paper, cardboard. Have them put all sorts of different stuff in it. And in the springtime, have them dig it up and see what's left. And they'll learn about recycling and composting. The comb will still be there. I like that. But I the like cardboard that. and all that stuff will be gone. It'll be just full of earthworms. And then you've got a place you can plant some pepper plant because the dirt will be perfect. I like that. Yep. So let's go to Long Beach. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Hey there. How yeah, you doing today? I'm fine. Have you noticed that the Long Beach city flag has got three carrots on it? <laughs> Aren't they radishes? Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm, they're radishes. They're shaped like carrots. They're long, skinny yeah. radishes. They're shaped just like uh, like red carrots. Yeah, of course. We're the radish capital of the world. Uh, uh, matter of fact, you are. <laughs> and, and matter of fact, it used to be called the Long Beach Long red. Now it's called Cincinnati Market Red because they grow them up uh, different places. But anyway, what's going on? What's up? Well, you had mentioned you dug up your sweet potatoes. Yeah, what, what like was there? Wasn't much there. Right, right. Well, I guess I had a little different experience. I wanted to tell you about it. Year before last, in the I don't even know, probably winter, they, you know how you have have them under the counter and then they start sprouting. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, they come up behind the sink. Just, yeah, so I, no, I caught it and I just put it in the yard, put it in the garden, you mm-hmm. know. So then last year, about this time, I dug. I got these little bitty things, little bitty. Well, I didn't think anything of it. Thought I got them all. This year, I noticed the vine started, so I said, "Oh, good, I'll have some sweet potatoes." I dug them up yesterday. They're huge. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I've never seen anything like it. And they're, and they're, and they're not they're not pretty either. Oh gosh, no! I don't want to see what they look. Here's the you know they'll they'll make it over the on the coast. You know they come through the winter up in central Mississippi up towards Tennessee. That you know they they won't make it. But you know if they've got a long enough growing season, and carrots will do the same thing. They make the most horrible looking, naughty looking things if you don't catch them first go around. Yeah, I was shocked. I yeah. had no idea. A lot of people so, don't realize these. You know, these ornamental sweet potatoes, the ones that are kind of chartreuse-colored or are really dark, almost black sweet potatoes, they make edible roots, too. I'll be darned. Well, I enjoyed your uh, talk over in the past. That was that was really a fun day, and it was beautiful. And, and those, two eagle, those two bald eagles flew over while we were talking. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. So I'm out here enjoying this breeze and just uh, about to get in the yard and... 
clean up some of my beds and get them ready. Well, if, if you go online, you can and, and Google Cincinnati Market Red Radishes. That's that's okay. a that's an heirloom you should call Long Beach Long Red. And I got mine from uh Either Seed Savers or Baker's Creek. I don't remember. But it's a great old heirloom, and they grow, and they're sweet. They're not hot like radishes. Oh, good, because I don't like regular radishes. No, these, these things are as sweet as they can be. It's all, it's not, it doesn't have that radish bite to it. And they grow quick, from seed to harvest, in uh, about three and a half or four weeks. Okay, are they a fall or? Cool weather. You know, you could probably plant them in February or so, and they'll do fine. Okay. All right, Lisa, appreciate it. And I'm still getting sweet 100s off of a plant that came up on its own. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a – in Jackson, we had trouble with Yazoo Clay, and the street caved in on the street where I walk, Java. You know how it is. They have these traffic cones there. And the sewer had opened up uh, back in the spring, and I came back uh, – this past summer, after I went over to England, came back, and there were tomatoes growing all around it from the sewage. It was a hole full of, and I'm thinking, they got to be good. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> Have fun, Lisa. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Uh-huh. It's, it's a couple of jokes there, but we're going we're gonna yeah, yeah, to yeah. let it stay. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes I kind of teeter on the edge a little bit there, a little body. We got a full bank of calls to end the show, man. Um, let's see. Do you want to go to Clinton or Neshoba County first? Let's go to Clinton because that's, that's closest. We went head over Neshoba County. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, Felder. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of new to this whole you know, gardening thing. I get, I don't, basically, I, I planted some apple trees uh, in the well, late spring this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, started out with bare root, and they seemed to do really well. And uh, now I notice that you know the leaves are starting to turn brown and uh, well, on a couple of them anyway. Yeah. Is this kind of part of their natural cycle, or is this? I mean, yeah. I know the leaves drop off in winter time. Yeah, it is. A couple uh, of things though. You haven't hit the trunk with a mower or the string trimmer, have you? Oh no, no. Okay, they're That's... actually in uh, containers. Uh, I'm uh, oh, oh. trying to do some container growing with these uh, okay. apple trees. Well, it's not going to be as easy. Apple trees, even the dwarf ones, are are big trees. You know, so I'm just, I'm just saying that it's not gonna be the easiest thing, but yeah, in containers, these plants they, they stay a little bit wetter temporarily, they stay a little bit drier temporarily than plants that are in the the, the dirt that have more steady water. So you're gonna, always gonna have problems trying to keep them growing actively. So you're gonna have problems with with big plants with big leaves growing in containers because of watering issues. Not much you can do about that. Let me suggest this, though. If you'll go out, John, and thin some of the branches off. You didn't cut these back when you put them out, did you? Uh, no, no. They came kind of – I ordered from an online place, and they came pre, <laughs> pre-trimmed. pre <laughs> how, how tall were they when you planted them? I, I guess they were about like uh, two and a half, maybe, good. maybe three. Good, feet good, good. This, this winter, thin out – all but three or four main branches, three or four, maybe five. Those would be the permanent arms of the tree from, from then on. Thin out all but but those and then cut those back to a foot or so long. In other words, you thin it out and then prune it back. And then that'll take a lot of the stress off the roots and it'll uh, it, it'll just it'll be a whole lot better in a pot. Just thin it out. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Put it outside, leave it outside all winter. That's what they want. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, man. Call anytime, John. All right, John. Thank you. All righty. Now slide over to Neshoba County. Kurt, how are you this morning? Doing great. We're getting ready for our trunk or treat tomorrow night. Trunk but, or treat. Uh, 
Funk or a treat, yeah, mm-hmm. all the kids coming to the church, we're having a big time. But Good. I wanted to ask you a question about uh, spinach, but I will real quick tell you, the, the boogeyman in, in my family as a kid was the Wampus Cat. Wampus Cat. <laughs> Wampus Cat and Sack Annie. Sack Annie, I've heard of uh, Wampus Cat. I think that was in a Jerry Lee Lewis song one time. He said he's that, a Wampus Cat. Right. Maybe where it came from, that's what Grandma used to scare us when we weren't being good. I'm going to call the Wampus Cat, or I'm going to call Sack Annie. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We're straighten right up. So anyway, Absolutely. so... so uh, on, on spinach, yeah. I, I've got my, my trucks are doing great, my collards are doing great, I've got rutabagas coming on up, radishes... I cannot seem to get spinach to grow in the garden. Okay. I can get them to grow in, in the painters uh, yeah. and raised beds, but I just cannot get them to grow in the same place my other stuff's growing. Here, here's the deal. A spinach, that little thing called a spinach seed is actually a cluster of seeds. Okay? Right. But believe it or not. And they're slow to sprout. What you can do is is, uh, is sow them kind of thin, you know, water them in real good, and then lay a, a board or something over it. Completely cover it with a board so it's dark and cool and moist. And they'll sprout under that. And after a, a few days or a week, lift the board up. And when you start seeing them sprout, then get rid of the board. But, but to, you know, and this works on a lot of plants, but it seems to work best with, with, um, with spinach because it takes a long time for that little seed cluster to sprout. Just wet it down. Cover it with a board. Check it after a few days. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that very thing. All righty, man. Well, good luck on it. Let us know how it works. And, and, and sow them thin because, you know, when you take spinach and lettuce and mustard and all that kind of stuff, when they get real thick, they don't produce well. So they need to have their own elbow room. So either thin it out, and you can eat the stuff you thin or, or else uh, plant them far enough apart where they all have elbow room. It's real important. That sounds right. Hey, watch out for the Wampus Cat. <laughs> okay. And Sack Annie, she's coming to get you. <laughs> See you, Kurt. Y'all, y'all, ha- y'all, have a, y'all have a safe trunk or treat. Yes, sir. All righty. Java, he's rocking and rolling today. Yeah, oh, man. That, uh, I, I forgot to say thank you for all the folks who supported us during drive time last, last week. week. Last week, we had a good time, and we, uh, you know, we always have to remind ourselves to say thank you because we are listening very, very to Supporter Radio. Yeah, we're, we're very grateful for that. And uh, somebody is going to, the drawing is going to get those those books of mine. Yeah, you got... Um, my, little, my, my little, what I call my uh, my trilogy, The Pass Along Plants, which I wrote with Steve Benner for Southern Living, Slow Gardening, which is about how real people really garden, not a bunch of horticulture mumbo-jumbo, and this latest one called Maverick Gardeners, which features Dr. Dirt. You you didn't get a chance to meet Dr. Dirt. No, but it was a real trip. Real yeah, from trip. everything that you see. And then it's a it's a great clip on uh on YouTube, uh MPB put it out there where they interviewed Dr. Dirt. Yeah. Um for one of the shows and he was a colorful character. <laughs> yes, 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 he was. So anyway, that's that's my trilogy. The three chords, you know, you can play all sorts of stuff with just one chord on a guitar. You can play more stuff, you know, two chords, three chords. You can play any song you want. Plants, process, and people. That's what it takes to have a nice garden. So anyway, folks, I hope to see some of y'all in Mobile, 10 o'clock at Central Prez Church, uh, Saturday morning. We're going to have a plant swap big time if you don't don't have to dress up or anything. If you get a chance, you know, this uh, this Halloween weekend and uh, all holidays, Saints, all Saints Day, 
Take a kid to a garden center. They got some cool stuff out there. Take them to a farmer's market. They got some cool people there. Get them to touch things and talk to people who grow them for other people to enjoy. That's what's called, uh, it's just that, that circle, you know, connect them. Uh, and if nothing else, take them out in the yard, wiggle your fingers around the dirt, find something down there to talk, roly-poly or something, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty.